0: and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week we are getting into a new season of Mr. Mercedes. We get to start off with Holly so it starts strong and then takes a wicked left turn in, that yes. in episode two. I
1: am I am really interested in what your opinion is on these first two episodes. Yes. It's, I yes. kept humming the theme to Jaws to myself.
0: We will, oh no, come on. Uh, we will get into that but before mm-hmm. we do, uh, how was your week?
1: My week was actually not so bad. My weekend was really unexpectedly busy. Busy! I was running around doing a lot. And um, it was the first time, I think, uh, well, it's that I'd actually gone out and some of the outdoor dining was available places. So I was able to get a snack. I was in Alameda. Um, and having a really interesting conversation about there's an island off the coast of Oakland, Alameda. Yes. And it it used to be the center of an enormous theme park. Theme park. And I didn't know this. Was just that before the, before the, the, the depression?
0: Oh, so before so okay, before the Navy took it over. When you go out
1: to this, <laughs> this island, there's a shoreline, and it's very weird. And you've seen it. There's all the sorts of bathing facilities that are still there for some reason there's uh, a shoreline that has a breaker made of waves of concrete, and those are parts of a roller coaster that used to be there. And an enormous... uh,
0: Neptune Beach.
1: Neptune Beach, right. So the fun part was actually seeing where you can find parts of the old amusement park on the beach. So that was kind of fun. I mean, that was incidental to what I was doing there.
0: Interesting. But it was
1: interesting how you can look at the... um, the sort of debris that they use is the, the the tide break, like I said. Yeah. And find pieces of masonry of things that came from a huge indoor swimming pool or the supports for an enormous roller coaster, things that, you know, and, and things that and I lived in Alameda for a couple of years. So things like walkways that led directly into the bay and stuff like that that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Made sense in the context of oh that's where you loaded boats that's where you Also yeah
0: it was big before there was a bridge between Alameda yeah. and or between Oakland and, and San Francisco with the rise of car culture right. the ferries became less and less important and that was how you got a ferry out from and Oakland the
1: story of living affordably in the bay area from what i understand really huh. it <laughs> it's goes a myth. back. Well, it goes back <laughs> as far as car culture. Oh, okay, when there were inexpensive routes for families and people to go, even across the bridge in um, in uh, like electric car, um, trams and things. And the the ra- rise of car culture in the Bay Area was the death of being able to live financially secure. It's, it's an interesting story, but too much to go into here. How was your week?
0: It was. That was abrupt, sorry.
1: (laughs) I I mean, there's so much more to say. I don't want to go on. Uh,
0: It was all right. I finally got to do some painting and some playing with some new art supplies. Did you play
1: with the gouache? Gouache? I did play with the gouache. Sounds like a kind of fruit or something.
0: working on um, cow, nope, koi. That's different vowels and consonants, all different Mm -hmm. letters. Koi. I'm working on a koi pond in gouache, Mm -hmm. and then I'm swatching acrylic paints getting ready for acrylic april because i would like to try to do acrylic april Ooh. even if i can't do it all in april acrylic yeah. april is similar to inktober which is a thing that a lot of That's people silly. have heard of um where there is a prompt every day and uh one of the t- online teachers that i follow does a little 8 by 8 painting every day she's done it for the last 2 years she's going to do it this year too so, I'm thinking of doing some of last year's in preparation for this year. I've done one of them, the little kid fishing that I did, is an oh. acrylic April painting. So, I have a bunch of 8x8 canvases and they're just waiting to be painted on. But I'm also working on color theory and learning to mix, which takes a long time. And so, yesterday I swatched. Mm. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. Just trying to chill out over the weekends. I'm gonna have a bit. Bu- I had a busy week last week. I'm gonna have a busy week this week of work things, and so I'm trying to take some time, remember to breathe, and do a thing I enjoy for at least a little while every day. Hey everybody, it's a good tip. Yeah. But sometimes the thing that I enjoy is sleeping. So then I don't paint. I go to sleep. <laughs> So, because I've been waking up super early, so I miss you sleep. You're my friend.
1: I like sleeping. I just don't do it well.
0: You're not good at it, no. and I used to be good at it, and now I am bad at it again. Want to get into this show? Sure, we do. All righty. So, Mr. Mercedes, if we do, let's give a quick recap of where everybody was at the end of of season one. Uh, Mr. Mercedes himself, Brady Hertzfeld. Uh, Field? Her- 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 Hartsfeld? Oh, God. Brady, I've forgotten your last name. Brady, Brady, we know him. Brady was in a coma after being hit in the head repeatedly <laughs> by <laughs> one Holly. <laughs> yes, uh, by a, pull dog. A, a bulldog. A bulldog. Bulldog. Uh, Jerome is at Harvard. Bill is. Status post uh, myocardial infarction uh, and weird obsession with visiting uh, brain dead Brady in the hospital. Holly has moved to this tiny town in Ohio uh, and gotten her own apartment. Ida is living peacefully next door. And is no longer sending naked pictures to Bill, as far as we know. Pete is looking forward to retirement, but is still working on the force. Uh, Brady's mom is deceased. Uh, Lou was stabbed by Brady, but survived. Uh uh, And knows that Brady stabbed her. Like, is now fully aware of his... uh, she and everyone else in the town. Everybody now knows that Brady is the Mercedes killer. Yes. He is reviled and still has a single room in the hospital with so much space and his own nurses and uh spend is 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 costing the government or the taxpayers or whoever's paying because he's not paying because yeah. he is not getting active uh, health insurance anymore as he is no longer employed uh thousands and thousands of dollars a day
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that is where we, leave, we 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 left off everyone and when we come in to the first episode it looks like Brady is where Brady was and Bill is getting better. He is. He says that he is. He just goes to the hospital for PT, uh, because he pulled something in his back when he had his heart attack. But also, he's definitely still checking up on Brady. Yeah. Uh, Brady's got so. Oh um, we don't see Lou in the first episode. No, we don't. Uh, we don't see Jerome in the first episode. Uh, Holly and Bill have started a. PI firm called Finders Keepers, which is a good name. They are in the the, what looks like an old Chinese restaurant storefront that has been not fixed up at all. Just just put up like a folding table and called it good. Um, And Ida is still living happily next door and still not sending nudes. And Pete is still looking forward to retirement. And that is how we enter the new Episode. I liked
1: how it just picked up right where we left off, more or less. Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, we do kind of go backwards from where we totally left. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. we we enter the narrative actually on the night of the heart attack slash uh, bludgeoning. <laughs> and we see that two of them go through... Uh, their various surgeries, and we are introduced to—I uh, guess there are villains. Yes, <laughs> our, I, some new villains, the first episode extra
1: villains. Really concentrates mostly on these new characters. On these new characters, um, and
0: these new characters are yeah. Felix Babineau and his wife Cora, played by Jack Houston and Tessa Fer- Ferrer Ferrer Ferrer. How do you spell Miguel, I say Miguel's Ferrer. last name, Ferrer, So it's spelled the same way, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't believe she's of any relation. I recognize her because she was on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Uh, I don't recognize him, even though he's been in a bunch of stuff, because I think that facial hair makes him look like a wannabe sch- schmitz, and I can't see <laughs> past it. Uh, but he is a neurosurgeon. He is, oh, he is British. Mm-hmm. And he's in Boardwalk Empire. Uh, he is is Brady's neurosurgeon. His wife is. I don't know if she's a doctor or a pharmaceutical rep, that was or a about. combination of those things.
1: They're <laughs> yeah, they're working to promote new medicines.
0: Yes, and she's got a, an experimental treatment mm-hmm. from China. There's a lot of Chinese being spoken in this episode. And she implores him to try and use it on Brady to see if he, it will kickstart any brain activity. Right,
1: because her figuring is that they can't afford to lose at this point and they've taken well, research as as far along with um, within guidelines with, with it with monkeys yeah. or
0: whatever. So, but it's we it's a it's an odd storyline in and of itself because mm-hmm. she is pushing him to use more and more of this drug in an unsanctioned thing against regulation. Oh. This is not an FDA approved drug. He's not putting it on the charts. So, my question is. Well, what if he's six, and she st- finally pushes him with, he's, and they're going to move, that's the thing, they're mm-hmm. going to move Brady to a vent farm, basically, right. a, a long-term care facility full of people on ventilators with no brain activity. Um, there are some terrible <laughs> names for that that we don't need to go into, Um Also, if I'm ever, if I ever don't have any brain activity, I'm saying this on a recorded medium. If I don't have any brain activity, go ahead and unhook the vent. It's fine. The minuscule amount or the the minuscule possibility that I will come back to life and be anything resembling what I was before is not worth it to me. (laughs) And to the the extent, yes.
1: I'm a religious person. I believe in an afterlife. If you're yeah. preventing me from going into the afterlife so I can be hooked into some stupid machine, yeah. that would really piss me off.
0: I'm not saying it's not a no, perfectly reasonable option for reasonable other people. For other people. No. I don't,
1: yes, I don't I'm impatient. want
0: it. Um, yeah, if if I can't expand and contract my lungs of mm-hmm. my own volition, and that is a permanent state of being, we can yeah. call it good. We can call it good. That's, that's fine. Um. But like I said, if you want to be kept alive via <laughs> any mm. means necessary, more power to you. That's just not what I want. Uh, but Mike, so, so they're going to move him, which means that Felix will mm-hmm. no longer be his neurosurgeon. So she's like, you need to push the rest of the medication. Like, just do yeah. one big push. Now, what I don't understand is... Say it works. Well, first of all, she's like, if it kills him, it kills him. Everyone hates him anyways. Yeah. He's the fucking worst. So whatever. So that's a little gross. But I kind of agree with her. <laughs> well, that but the other side of it is, what if he miraculously gets better? Right. How is that useful to any company? you
1: just liberated a sadistic serial killer and terrorist. But
0: but besides that, forget that, because they still want to prosecute him. There are still people coming in on the red going, can I prosecute him? Can I put him in jail? Can I do... So the the chances that he would then escape and then be free are... are, My question is, you are pushing for the medical side of this. Mm -hmm. But if he suddenly gets better... Felix has broken his oath, he has committed malpractice, he will lose his license, and Brady yes, Hartsfield is view, not going to be a good study subject what? because it is illegal to have given him that stuff in the yes. first place. So what is the point of giving him from this medication?
1: View, uh, the, I mean, it seemed like... and You and can't
0: is, point to that study of it worked right. here.
1: Like, you'll never be able to do that. So what are we doing here? What troubled me about this, the first two episodes I've seen this season is that we are not, it is, it it features all the same characters, it's continuing with the characters that we like from the last season, but it thematically takes a whole different turn, where it's not a crime drama anymore, it is now science fiction.
0: Well, we haven't gotten to the science fiction yet. But but even
1: this part, even this part, now we have a new miracle drug that has these properties that are going to bring it back to life, it's actually the plot of a Chuck Norris movie, Silent Rage, from the 80s. They bring someone back who was a killer. Right. And they come back, in that case, super powered. Right. In this case, there also is. but This we'll talk about feels that in episode a little bit,
0: uh, specifically episode right.
1: two, feels like
0: Lawnmower Man, but not the Stephen King version, the, the fake Lawnmower Man. It also feels a from... lot like
1: we lifted the plot element from um, Dreamcatcher. The one plot element that works. And oh,
0: well, yeah, which yeah. I don't mind, but we'll, we'll, so we'll yes, come back to that, to that later when, we, when we get to it. So just, just fundamentally, it uh-huh. doesn't... Yeah, it feels like it wants to go into a Robin Cook territory. Right. Um, which I enjoy. And I'm actually fine with a show, mm-hmm. especially a show like this, which has very much been done in series rather than seasons. Mm. They call it season one, season two, but this is the second book. Right. I also do not remember... If the sci-fi act elements happen in the second I cannot remember that mm. um in the second book or if it's whole cloth made up for this. Right. Uh so, so I can't I like I cannot remember that. The uh, and I wanna reread them because I do remember liking the trilogy. Uh-huh. Um but my attention span for reading is not. It's very existence. hard these days, oddly um, enough. Yeah, so it's very hard for me, specifically. I, I, if it's hard for you to, yeah, I just, I can't. Three paragraphs and my brain is like, nope, I can't. I don't even know what these are. Words? What? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't have it in me. I find,
1: I, my Which is a bummer, because I've read
0: books in days before, yes. but that's not where my brain is right now. Uh, so I cannot remember... But like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, what are you, you're pushing him to do this illegal thing that will destroy his career. And what is the upside? Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot find the upside. The only upside I could see is it kills Brady. That's not what they're hoping for.
1: Yeah,
0: It's just sort of the least damaging outcome. If he
1: recovers, as you're pointing out, it absolutely doesn't help them at all. Because yeah. all they can say is to each other, look what it did, because you're not going to point yeah. him out as a No, and you tell the Chinese,
0: study. but the Chinese wouldn't be able to point to this case study and in, right. in, in, you know, well, peer-reviewed pre- anything. Right,
1: if you pre- <laughs> present them with the data that shows that it was exclusively because of this drug and that he was in this condition before, yeah. you now have all this evidence that can be used against you. Yes. Right, so it doesn't... That's, yeah, what, that's why
0: you'd have to do it to the Chinese. Right because they're not going to talk to the American Medical Board. Like, clearly, that's yeah. not a concern of theirs. Uh, and I, I say the Chinese specifically because it is Chinese nationals that she is talking to and where she gets this yeah. drug from, not because I'm trying to be, like, weirdly no, uh, you're not. racist. That's not the goal. She is getting this information from the Chinese. Um, the other th- reason that, that they want to push now is because she is pregnant, which... We get a weird masturbation scene with her. You thought she was cheating on him, and I was thinking well, like, I, don't I, think I she is. What
1: I thought was it. The only surprise is that it looked like it was leading up to. He comes home early and finds her with somebody that else. That is what it looked because like. Because there's this very heavy moaning in the background, and of course she's masturbating, like everyone does on this show. Well, not everyone. The villains all masturbate an awful the lot.
0: Villains do masturbate. They, it and is a very
1: sort of patriarchal heavy, thing, right. but
0: not even masturbation heavy. But like, let's let's show again that this person is bad by making right. them masturbate like right. that's not a thing that makes you evil but
1: we were complaining about usually about.
0: it chills you out I, you're not
1: I was as complaining evil. about that in the first season like yes. how many times are we going to see brady masturbate yeah um we also
0: in a flat in the flashbacks and right. the previous Leons got a, a kiss between brady and his mom and i was like no I less really incest We'd and then, of course, obsessed.
1: we have another, uh, the first two episodes of this program are various characters masturbating, again. I'm going, I'm, it's weird how... There's only the no, one. the second episode. Who? We'll point it out when we get there.
0: Okay, I don't right. have any recollection.
1: But, um, it just seemed like, yeah, it's a weird, like, agenda. We're going to put this out for you to watch. It's very strange. But again, also it does feel like here's the evil character, and this is what they do in their spare time.
0: Yes, yeah, it's it's very mm-hmm. strange. So we so so he does it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fundamentally, what happens is he takes a whole bunch of this drug that he has no idea what it is, and injects yeah. it directly into Brady's brain. I guess that is right. what he is doing. Uh, Brady opens his eyes and looks around the room. We hear some crackling. Mm-hmm. That's how we know that his brain is, his the electricity in his brain is working. The and room. then we open uh, and then we get that mind palace mm-hmm. that you were talking about from Dreamcatcher. Right. So Br- we now we're going to see Brady still in a hospital gown but in the basement. But it's like at first, we see, like, walking home balloons. He's trapped downstairs. He mm-hmm. can't get out. There's dirt everywhere. There's a grave, excuse me, a gravestone of his mother. Right. And there's his computer set up, but it's not up and running yet. So he starts fiddling and putting things together. So presumably, he's going to start putting together... It's a it's a metaphor for getting the, his faculties and yeah. his motor skills and things back online. Presumably, that is what we think. We also, um, so so that's what's going on with Brady through this episode. What's going on with Bill is he invites uh, a a tree falls in Ida's yard and yes. takes out her beautiful um like pergola or couple gazebo. of was it was it a <laughs> whole gazebo? Don't we don't know. But yes he takes it out, just crushes it. And so Pete comes over to help Bill. They're gonna um clear out the debris and then they're right. gonna build rebuild the gazebo
1: for Ida. Which is what you take when you're not taking medicine, real medicine.
0: And uh it's they're gazebo. chatting and Pete's glad that Bill has, you know, settled the fuck down Mm -hmm. leaving the police work to him Uh, we see an earlier scene that's actually really cool where um, he tries to repossess a dude's plane or like a dude had stolen a plane Yeah, he'd written a bad check and taken a plane so he's trying to to, um, capture this guy and the guy ends up driving away because uh, security guards are useless in this show that's an ongoing thing with this with this show. And uh, then he, he goes to the police when Holly tracks down where this guy probably is. Yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, this guy has warrants out and this is where he's at. And he's like, well, you don't want to do it? He got the plane. There's no money in capturing this dude. Right. And it looks good for Pete to pick up a dude with like 14 warrants on him. So... They're they're working nicely together. It's good. And uh, Pete goes in to grab him another beer uh, and a coke for Bill because he's stopped drinking for now. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when he doesn't come out soon, Bill goes in and finds Pete collapsed on the floor. He has died, yes. and it is sad,
1: which is a pity because I really I was liking his character. Yes, and I was liking the relationship that now developed with the character.
0: Also, I just. The dude that plays Pete and, the, and Brendan Gleeson's voices are so <laughs> nice. I'm just like, let them just talk to each other for long times. So good. There's a memorial service for Pete where Bill gives a lovely eulogy. Uh, and then at the wake afterwards, uh, we see Nancy Travis, uh, Bill's ex-wife, mm-hmm. um, who says, you know, because Bill says, Pete's was the phrase that I saw when I woke up in the hospital. And she says, you know, I was there while you were asleep. And he goes, and you never came back? And she's like, no. But he, the first thing she says is, I hadn't seen Pete in six years. And you conjured him up like he was sitting right next to me. And he goes, she goes, what's it like to be that Irish?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he just goes, complicated. And I was like, that's yeah. awesome because that is a... It's not a universal trait, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a universal Irish trait. But the way we remember people mm-hmm. is uh, pretty strong. Right. So so that was a lovely little back and forth. And uh, it looks like uh, Nancy Travis is going to be more in this season than she was in yeah, the last season. Yeah, she's in the season.
1: first two episodes, yeah.
0: So, well, so, yeah. So, so far, mm-hmm. it's an upswing.
1: God only knows. Tell her not to drive anywhere.
0: Uh after the that's yes, right, exactly. Don't drive only your own vehicles. Right. Um after the wake, uh Holly basically shows up and unpacks in uh in Bill's daughter's room and it's like, you shouldn't be alone. It takes about two weeks to process your grief, and I'm gonna be here Well, you do it. <laughs> There's really nothing That Bill can say to get her out. So then he says instead that he's going to make some spaghetti. How does that sound? And she thinks it sounds good. Uh, We have a dream sequence, maybe. We see Bill in the... In in a cemetery. I guess this is right before Holly wakes him up.
1: In light of... Episode two, I don't know that it's a dream sequence, but it makes sense that it would be one. Yeah, I believe it's a dream sequence.
0: It's Bill walking through a cemetery, sits down on the edge of an open grave and puts his legs and dangles his legs on, which seems like a terrible idea. Uh, And Brady comes up and sits down next to him and is like, you miss me. Like, I'm, you know, what you were. I'm what keeps you alive, he says. And when he wakes up he blames it on eating frozen yogurt before bed. Uh and then he calls the hospital to make sure or to see if he can uh make sure that Brady is uh catatonic. And then he goes in and he Yep, yeah, he's pissed that Pete's dead and Brady's still alive and he squeezes the the tube that mm-hmm. goes into Brady's
1: But he does not body. commit murder.
0: But he lets it go, yes, and that is basically where episode one ends. Uh-huh. Uh, Brady has zzzz right. back to life, and
1: Pete is dead. Well, that's something that we su- that we saw suggested in the end of last season.
0: Yes, there yes, absolutely. There, there was, was also that sound. I think right. they've used the same the same sound, buzzy effect. sound. They're yeah, recycled it.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I I liked the first episode. I don't like the new characters so much because it does. And, and again, as we go into episode two, it's really dipping into science fiction. And we fantasy we see characters. almost
0: nothing of the two characters that we see see the most of in the first episode, right. which is odd. Who we do the new character we do get acquainted with mm-hmm. this episode is Sadie, who we did see in the first episode. Mm-hmm. In the previously on, there was a mention that she had been prompted by somebody to take her meds, which I don't recall from the first episode, but sure. Um, She, at the beginning of the episode, it appears that she has epilepsy. Uh It appears that she is having mini seizures. That's what it looks like. Her vision blurs out. Her eyes do this weird thing. She gets real still. I've seen people have seizures. It is what it looks like. They don't explicitly say what's going on with her. Um, Sadie is the nurse, basically, that is in charge of Brady. So she gives him sponge baths, Mm -hmm. fun job. Um, She does movement exercises with him, tries to unclench his rictuses.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And so she's working with him and she's talking to him. Uh, She's a good nurse, and also
1: apparently, uh, a weird vessel. <laughs> All right, so yes, we should explain the plot and then try to, I think, talk about why this is, uh, it just seems really weird that they went in this direction. So the f- the
0: first thing that we, s- time we see anything mm-hmm. weird between the two of them, she is washing him. He is aware of it in his little layer where yeah. the monitors are basically like security cameras of what his eyes can see. Mm-hmm. And then she glitches out a little, and he can see through her eyes. Yes. Why? Well, my sense is, whatever this drug is made him psychic, or well, made yes, him the,
1: the, the, the drug telekinetic. At, again, is what reminded me of that Chuck Norris film, is the drug seems to have given him some sort of ability to communicate with her while she's out of her... But not even... Uh, but communicate. Well just communicate because as the story progresses, he's dead in control of her body. Yes.
0: It feels like and I wonder if they will link it back to what is the name? There's just called the company from like Firestarter. Right. Like this would be this drug would be a culmination of this, the work that, that company was doing right. in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. To to transplant these powers into somebody. Right. So that's what it feels like. Um and but we don't we don't go full bore yet. Mm-hmm. She blitzes out a little, and he can see through her eyes, and that freaks him out mm-hmm. like you can see him in the thing, yeah. just like because he sees himself and like it's heinous, and she comes back to herself and is like creeped out because yeah. she doesn't know what the fuck just happened. So to her she's and not she aware runs of, away.
1: she's not aware of the no. When she's being inhabited,
0: inhabited, yeah, or yeah, or whatever it is. So first, he doesn't make her do anything; he just kind of can see through her mm-hmm. eyes, uh, and then we switch back to his view. At which point,
1: um, yeah, there's a weird sexual assault. Now, that was the scene where. And correct me if I'm interpreting it wrong. Th- there's a couple of weird. You're sexual interpreting assaults. it wrong.
0: Um, there is Montez the, comes right. the, who is the prosecutor who wants desperately to try Brady for his crimes right. that is what he wants, but Brady is not capable of standing mm-hmm. um uh, in trial right yeah. he's just not he's noncompmenti no. you can't he can't put it, participate in his own defense he cannot be tried that is the the base law that's working there, so he comes in thinking that Brady might be playing them for. Suckers, mm-hmm. and so he grabs his junk and squeezes. Right. He's not masturbating no, him. No, no, no. Okay, no, no that's not what I'm talking
1: about. Hurting Hurt. him. So what he's doing is essentially. The same move that's done in Christine, the film, when one of the characters grabs somebody else by the testicles and twists. And twists, yeah. And this is like a street thing. Um, I, and it's really gross, but it, it is an actual thing. Yeah, well, and it, it, it seems like yeah. a
0: fairly um, effective oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> means of, um, yes, it's stopping incapacitating somebody, incapacitating somebody a man. That uh, was, a, a, right. Or you know somebody with testicles. Right. I don't. I've not. I do not have that part. I do not know what that would feel like. It seems unpleasant. <laughs> not good. So, um,
1: but that was the movie. Oh, did okay. like if somebody got you in a headlock and they were bigger than you and you didn't have an easy way out. That I've never done it because no, there's always another option for me. But that was an actual thing, and so I remember seeing Christine going. I don't think I've actually ever seen anybody do that move in a movie and then of course it's happening here too but yeah that scene was just like and it goes on and it just keeps going on yeah and, um and, and Brady is really, freaking
0: out in right. his
1: there's a really in his room thing. he
0: calls him the F word which I don't love he,
1: he apologizes to his mom, to his mom. Yeah. that was the part that I'm like oh god that was Probably meant to be funny. And it's it not. wasn't. It's we we are gross.
0: in the middle of a weird assault, and right. I'm I'm not going to think anything is funny, and certainly not, especially given where he and his mom ended up. Yeah, I just it didn't seem character appropriate. It like it was tossed And it didn't laughs, seem it appropriate. Didn't appropriate. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't... I missed this part. I mm. I understand this masturbation thing. I missed it, so...
1: Because yeah, a, there's a, a second sexual assault that happens.
0: Okay, so she comes in for the sponge bath. Mm. He takes control of her, and then, okay, I missed the... So she... I, I saw the part where she's like, you're so pretty, your hair is soft, and right. he's, like, moving her hand to her hair, and then, like, across her face, and then I guess I just... Right, disassociated because I don't know it what does, happened after
1: that. Yeah, It's very bizarre. He compels her to start fondling her bosoms and then he masturbates while he's watching her do this. And I'm going, okay, so I'm seeing this weird kind of <sighs> possession sexual assault yeah. happening and yeah. it's, th- it, yeah, it just was really gross. And I'm going, wow, it's going to be like the first season where we're just going to see him do some version of this every episode up until the story, you know, I think when Holly Came uh, into this the first season. We stopped getting so much, so of much him. of that. Yeah. So
0: um, it feels a little bit like they're like, "Well, we can." Yeah, that's kind and of. And I'm just like, it. "Yeah, but you don't have to." Right. Brady's bad enough without any of the sex stuff. Yeah. So why do we keep? Yeah, adding. You could
1: have told us the same story. Sexual, sexual trauma
0: to young kids. Sexual trauma to these that, women right. now. Yeah, it's. Eh, unnecessary so then Jerome Jerome's Mm -hmm. back in town we're gonna go to a party for Jerome Uh Jerome looks good (laughs) Jerome has facial hair Jerome Jerome smokes a lot of weed now I don't know if he's just vaping I think it's weed. I'm I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, I've only vaped weed, so I only okay. know it as You're a weed product. Here. I am. Uh, turns out Jerome is not doing great at Harvard, because I don't know what his actual grades were, but he definitely makes up a report card yeah, with good grades on it. Um uh, Holly brings him a cake with the wrong color icing, and he makes fun of her for it, but in a very ribbing way, and they're very cute. And then Holly does
1: a very Holly thing. She's unhappy because they got the wrong colors right. on the cake. It's
0: supposed to be crimson. She then
1: serves people and apologizes I'm to... I'm sorry, you.
0: it's blue. It's, it's supposed fun. to be red. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you
1: like it. <laughs> right. yes. It's, it's a very giving sweet. People free cake.
0: They're Honestly, like though, it. I would say the same thing, because yeah. it is a little bit like Harvard's got some of the most well-known colors yeah. in the country. Like Harvard crimson is a trademark color, I think, like Lamborghini red
1: or whatever. I just felt like Cor- Corvette it red was or whatever done in such it is. a sweet way. Like it's uh, and that's what I like about and Am what i really about Am I thinking about In episode two, I don't know is how they're maintaining these main characters. Yeah, they're being very consistent. They're doing things yes. that you. Imagine these people to do.
0: And you see mm-hmm. Bill just not trusting that. Right. Like, he is there. He is watching. Oh, he knows something's up. Uh,
1: Brady. And Brady, um, I mean, no, Brady, are you talking about the, the birthday party? No, I'm talking about Brady specifically. Okay.
0: He, we keep seeing him go okay, back, yes. even though he's telling people, no, 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 that's a bad habit that I'm breaking. Uh-huh. And we saw him pour liquor into frozen yogurt before mm-hmm. eating it, which. No. But it was after a wake, so Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to give him some leeway. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Jerome's not doing great, and uh, Bill offers (laughs) him some money to help him with the gazebo that now uh, Pete obviously won't be able to finish, Mm -hmm. and he says he can, because he says his dad, Jerome says his dad just lost a job and is barely able to pay himself, so he's not going to be able to work with his dad. Uh, which makes me think that the, they had seemed to have survived the depression that this town's been going through pretty well, but they might be getting to the end of their luck with that, which yeah. sucks. Um, but if it means more Jerome in my episodes, yeah. I'm okay with it. I like this actor, yeah. like I said. Jerome. He does rib his sister mm-hmm. a little harder than I think she's... Yeah cuz she's sort of matured a little bit and is dressing a little bit mm. older and he like makes fun of her for it and that's a, that's a sensitive thing for a young lady but it's a brother sister thing it is for a sure, brother sister thing but also he's been gone for yeah. a year and the like the first thing is why do you look like not yourself and she's like i've grown up you've mm. grown up well, you got the fuck you mm-hmm. and she gets like pretty mad and he's like i was kidding like he i don't think He's out of he seems out of step. Like he's he, he has a, he's not just I love his old self.
1: The birthday party or the not birthday party. The welcome home, welcome I guess. Party. Yeah. Because it it gives him a good scene with Bill where they're both kind of trying to interpret what's going on. Right. He knows that Bill's a little bit off and that something's troubling him, and Bill certainly knows. Like it's reading him like a book. Yes, absolutely. And he gets defensive about it. Yeah. You know, asked and answered. And that was a really good, well-written exchange between these two characters. Um, and that's why I said the writing between... When it comes to... And it's written by David Kelly, I guess, right? This episode? Um, I don't know. Yeah, da- Dennis LaHan wrote this episode. wrote the first one. Um, and uh, so a lot of the kind of dialogue that he's really good at goes on in this particular episode. And the way he's able to get characters with their quirks. And I think that's why everyone has fun with Holly. I imagine writing for her, because she is like a bag of quirks. And you get to do all these sort of strange things. In episode one, there's a whole ritual that she carries out when she sits down at her desk, uh-huh. looking in four directions and making sure yes. that... Be... And it was... um, That was pretty fun, because yes. it's like, Yeah. And you see the same sort of thing here. but um, But also, yeah, I have to credit that the writing in this episode... This particular episode, aside from the weird sexual elements, which are which had, I mean, they had no appeal in the first season, but they'd already exhausted whatever they had to communicate in terms of story in the first season. Now that we're getting to the second one, it's like, why are we still doing this, or why are we treading this? It's not getting us anywhere.
0: The stuff with Brady and his brain is actually from the third book. It's actually from End of Watch. So it's possible that they skipped the Finder's Keeper's book and and go back to it in the third season.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, because... And I'm just looking at the end-of-watch plot. After Mm. his head injury, Brady found himself gaining new abilities, including the power to move small objects with his mind and the ability to enter the bodies of certain people susceptible to his, quote, mental domination, which is a phrase I, today, and in perpetuity hate. (laughs) So... um. I think that's what's going on because they think that the Brady-Bill stuff is the mm-hmm. thrust of what people want to see. I would have actually been totally fine with leaving Brady alone for an entire season and coming back to him I after 10 episodes. I would have been episodes. totally
1: fine with never having to come back to Brady. There's always the opportunity to have... Because they're, they're going to make the same mistakes and retread the same ground with the villain that I didn't really find interesting most of the time.
0: I... I find this version of Brady a little bit more interesting. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to keep them totally separate because right. they're not uh they're not the same. The Brady that we saw in season 1 had these structures on mm-hmm. him, which this Brady does not have. Yeah. So we're looking at sort of unadulterated Brady, right? right. Because he's free in his head. He has no actual agency. Mm-hmm. Um, But he can be whoever he wants in his head and he doesn't have to count out of bosses. Right. You know, or his mom or any of the other things that he's had to deal with before. The other person that we do see in the second episode here, uh, which we didn't say, is called Let's, Let's Go Roaming. Um, Because he wants to, he at one point tries to get Sadie to, like, leave the building. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants to go somewhere. And she's going, but as the elevator opens on her floor, Bill comes out, because Bill's gotten a call at the party that Brady's woken up. Because he freaked her out so, with the masturbation thing earlier, Mm -hmm. and that he looked at me, and now they're doing scans, and now Felix is back in this very brief scene, going... He does seem to have some spikes, yeah. and his boss is like, "This is only because we're shipping him out, and you don't won't have
1: a guinea right. he pig anymore." Yeah, this is um, artificial, and the, it's it's done specifically so that he can keep him in a place mm-hmm. where he can ex- further his experiments. Right,
0: which he doesn't even know he's doing. Right. So it's that's a weird thing too. So yeah, so Hodges ah just leaves Holly at the party, mm-hmm. tells Jerome to make sure that Holly gets home safely. Jerome does not do that because the next time we see Jerome. He's smoking weed and changing his grades because <laughs> his dad's like, I want to show off your report cards," And he's like, uh, colleges don't really do report cards. Um, and I'm like, I mean, they kind of do. <laughs> so he's doing that. And then Holly goes home on her own and, and, you know, asks Ida, who's sitting on our porch, if she's seen Bill and. She's like, I'm worried about him, he's acting weird, and Ida's like, don't. He's fine. Right. Like yeah. Ida's real short with Holly. Right. It's Yeah, I know. Weird. I, and I don't know
1: I don't like it when people mean to Holly.
0: I know. I don't love it either. So So I think that's the end. Sadie comes back to herself and she's wigged out and she doesn't know what's going on. She should probably go get her meds checked. Uh and probably shouldn't work with Brady anymore uh Brady's you know tweaking shit in his mental room to try and wake you know wake up without waking up there are pros and cons to waking up for him um and you know Bill is uh skeptical and has an eye on Brady oh but we see Lou doing right Lou comes physical back. therapy
1: uh-huh. and she's traumatizing Brady there's one plot element that we should mention yeah. Is that um, Brady nearly successfully gets uh, Sadie to kill Bill. That's right. Uh, so she
0: she sees him come off the elevator and all of a sudden Brady's like, I don't want to go outside anymore. Now find a knife, find a knife, find mm. a knife, find a knife. He starts saying, and she's like not doing anything because she's not in a place where there are knives. Mm. Then he's like, a scalpel, a scalpel, a scalpel. And he she grabs a scalpel. And then what happens? I think I dissociated interrupted, again. Interrupted,
1: um, <laughs> just as she's creeping up to stab Bill in the back, uh, and he's escorted by a nurse out of the room. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of the direction it's going, and he's guiding people to become assassins for him. Well, specifically this person. Right. But, uh, no, but, but I don't see it
0: ending there. I think it's... Well, I think it's going to be a specific set of people that mm-hmm. he's going to be able to do, as I read from the the right. book blur. But I don't think... I think that they need to have a disorder of some sort, some sort of... And like I said, I think she's epileptic. I think right. that's what's going on. So when no one's going on. occupying... Right, exactly. Almost like astral projection or something. Uh,
1: I don't... I... Which I don't love. I think this is... Uh, it, what bothered me about this episode is it did feel very much from the first season to this is that there was a huge jump thematically in what was going on. We've made a jump from a crime drama to science fiction, or even fantasy for that matter. And um, I wasn't prepared for that jump in this particular story.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know where it's going.
0: I was pretty prepared for it because it is still a Stephen King it -hmm. is still based on Stephen King's work and sometimes you think you're reading one type of thing in Stephen King and then all of a sudden we're in fantasy, we're in horror Mm -hmm. and I thought we were in a mystery and this is
1: again a person who watches horror movies for recreation and and absolutely loves science fiction and fantasy but it just seemed like a jump from this is the world that we've established and now we're going to go off in this different direction where there wasn't really a hint of that before right but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I, I'm being alarmist, but that and the weird sexual assaults that happened in episode two, uh, it just, it those scenes, Brady, yeah, Brady, I don't know. I I, I really don't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not fond of him. I don't like his scenes. I don't find him compelling. He's just sort of gross. And the first two episodes, he's done nothing to improve that opinion of him.
0: Yeah, well, no, he's you're, He's never going to be sympathetic, even but though they remember, wanted to do make you
1: him find sympathetic. find him interesting, though? I do. Uh-huh.
0: Um. Frankly, I find him more interesting than the villains in the first episode. I didn't care about that doctor couple, and their plan made no sense. Right. Uh, so I was just like, what? Because my problem with Brady in
1: the first season is that I don't know if the incest scenes were meant to make him sympathetic, like, look, he's a victim too.
0: I think they were. It didn't work.
1: (laughs) When you point out the fact that he murdered his brother, he was persistently trying to murder his brother all through their childhood, I'm not going to be sympathetic, because even if he wasn't being molested, he was still that asshole who's trying to kill his brother until he does. And so, in this particular one despite the fact that they're trying to, again, um, sexual assault was how we find sympathy for him. And then there's the scene where he's, you know... And he
0: sexually assaults somebody.
1: And then he sexually assaults somebody. He
0: is sexually assaulted, and then he sexually assaults somebody in short order. And then what what you're left with is, ugh, maybe he deserved it, which you don't. That's never okay. Although we're pretty okay with the the jokes that our society makes about prison rape and shit right. it, are terrible and nobody should be sexually assaulted I don't care what you did Um, I'm not an eye for an eye mm-hmm. s- person and we're totally fine with just thinking everybody in prison gets raped right. and that's that's what you get for going to prison well here's the thing a lot of people don't belong in prison shouldn't have been there in the, in the first place right. like it's they're still human beings. They still, they're still, they're still human beings. So it feels a little when you when you assault somebody, and then you ha- have them turn around and right. visit that assault immediately on on an innocent. You instantly are like, oh well, maybe they deserve to be assaulted. Well, no, no, that's not. Well, this woman <laughs> that's just showed up to do her, her job, and doing. this happened
1: to her. It, 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 yeah, it. The, the Brady scenes, like in the first season, just sort of leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. You know,
0: I see that. He's definitely
1: distasteful. Right.
0: There's, I'm not like, oh, he's my favorite mm. character. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that we could have come, do come back find it intru- I do real. find him interesting.
1: I think I, we could have come back and done a second season or, you know, series with another villain character. Yeah. Because we've established the heroes really well.
0: Yeah. And there is, in, like I said, in the second book, mm-hmm. Brady is touched on because Bill does keep visiting him yeah. through the book, but he is tertiary at best. Mm. Um, we'll
1: let's see how it goes. I just, yeah, it, this is just a weird shock. Let's strap in because, yeah,
0: I don't know what thematically we're looking at here. Okay. I'm, I'm going to presume sci fi, medical sci fi.
1: Robin Cook, you know, slash Stephen King, definitely Stephen Stephen King for sure. He
0: doesn't do a lot of medical sci-fi, but yeah, in the in that Robin Cook, if anybody doesn't know, Robin Cook is a doctor who also writes medical hard science fiction books. A lot of them have to do with experimentation gone, you know, right by. Way of the experimenters, but wrong by way of everybody else. (laughs) Um, You know, psychic powers and you know all kinds of stuff like that. So, and he's written dozens of books.
1: Yeah, Robin Cook um, is a person with an actual medical background.
0: Yes, he is an actual. He is a medical doctor, and he is still alive. He is uh, eighty. He wrote Outbreak. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of his books have been turned into into movies. Well, Coma was Several really good. Them.
1: I loved Coma uh, growing up. There's another thing that he did that was turned into Michael Crichton's, one of his early movies as a director, which was um, The Terminal Man, which had okay. a really interesting concept. And some, um, between the writer, doctor surgeon, doctor, and Michael Crichton's direction, who's also in the medical field, there's some really uncomfortable surgical scenes at the beginning of that film where you're like, oh, okay, that that was more than I expected.
0: Yeah, Coma, Sphinx, Harmful Intent, Mortal Mm -hmm. Fear, Outbreak, Terminal Invasion, Acceptable Risk, and Foreign Body um, are all adaptations of his work. And he's written, looks like, two dozen, maybe three dozen books. Yeah. Uh,
1: But if you have an opportunity to see it, the film adaptation of Coma is very good.
0: From nineteen seventy seven. Yes. It's the first adaptation. Oh it you do you mean the feature film?
1: The feature film, yeah.
0: It was also um a four hour annie television miniseries oh, I didn't know that. in twenty twelve. But
1: it terrified me about hospitals for a while. When I Produced was by
0: the Scott brothers when they were both with us. Um Yeah. So so that that is what this feels like. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, he is. Occupation. Here's fun. I want to watch Robin Cook's Wikipedia page. Author, surgeon, ophthalmologist, aquanaut.
1: Yes, he worked with Jacques Cousteau. I guess. I find him very... He was a very interesting man. And, yeah. is. Uh, yeah, is. I'm sorry. He is still with us. He is mm-hmm. 80
0: years old. Um, He goes by Robin, but he was born Robert Brian Cook. Okay. So. Yeah. Interesting. Genre, thriller. Yep. Indeed. (laughs) So that's that. So next Mm. week, we're going to watch two more episodes. I'm going to see where this goes. I am hopeful that it will give me more Jerome and less Brady.
1: Yes, me too.
0: That is what I want. It's not going to give me less Brady, but maybe it
1: will. You can always hope.
0: So what are the next episodes, are they
1: called? The next two episodes are You Can Go Home Now and Motherboard. Oh, Lord. I don't like either of those you
0: titles. Have... And they make me very nervous. So, that's what we're going to watch next week. In the meantime, do you have anything you would like to recommend that
1: isn't incest based um i don't know about the incest based because <laughs> i've just started it oh, okay. i was watching a... <laughs> it could happen it could happen because you never know people might just masturbate for no particular reason while you're watching tv in your living room wherever those people were i to leave. They didn't leave Anyhow, um <laughs> i was watching a program on amc called the living in the excuse me amc uh, from the bbc on amazon prime okay the living in the dead it's a supernatural miniseries Unfortunately, there's only one season I'm a couple of episodes in, and it is a... It so far is really fun and creepy and weird, and it's a, a kind of a rural...
0: Victorian psychologist. Right. i mean, uh,
1: He and his, his wife, his second wife, and they have... Uh, I guess the couple is played by two actors I'm not familiar with, Colin Morgan and Charlotte Spencer. Yes. And they... What I like about these two characters as they're portrayed is they have a really lovely married relationship. She's a photographer. She takes pictures of royalty and pets, apparently. Well, and In the
0: Victorian times, that's who can afford photos. Yes. So, yeah.
1: And, uh, and her husband is trying to put psychology behind him and start the work of being a gentleman farmer. He's taking over his parents' home and they had a a rural, you know, a modern farm, modern for Victorian ages. And uh, they're both working together to bring it back to, uh, to a state where it can run itself so that he can then go on with his work. And they, there's um, a neighbor whose daughter seems to be exhibiting really difficult well, signs of mental illness and it might be due to something more akin to possession. So it's been really creepy and fun and interesting. It's a more realistic look at Victorian life, in that uh, rural life is often sort of dirty and grungy and and poorly lit, and it's not one of those films where the houses that we're meant to believe are hundreds of years old have been you know freshly whitewashed. No, no, they look like homes that are lived in, and um, and the characters look like one of the issues I was having recently when watching Poldark Dark was how really fit and athletic everyone was. These look more like people.
0: Did you finish your dark viewing? Um, I don't know. It's just
1: take a break? I'm taking a break after the first season. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Because I found out that there's some nasty surprises in store for some of the characters I like. Isn't there always? Yes, I know. And it's just a, overdoing it a little bit. But uh, but yeah, so far I'm enjoying this program. I hope it maintains this level of quality because there's, lots of, there's a lot of attention to detail. When a new piece of farm equipment, automated farm equipment, is brought to the farm, there's some trouble with taking care of it. All the people working, um, it's digging furrows, all the people who are working with it are tying strings around their knees and their ankles, tying their trouser legs down. And that was a piece of history that no one bothers to explain in the program, but was an actual thing because of the automated machine and even the action of threshing in the fields often chase field mice would in turn run up your legs um so you tied a piece of string to keep your trousers to your leg mm-hmm. and that was one of those tiny little details that nobody addresses in this program but it adds to the overall realism of oh you know this is the time that people lived in they didn't have the advantages of modern technology they're all terrified of of thrush, uh, threshing machines i think um i
0: mean yeah that seems all... right
1: be afraid of that right uh, the wife of uh, the character Charlotte Appleby is constantly trying to uh move them in the farm in the direction of the future and be progressive, so this is now her investment. While her husband is Nathan is trying to find a way of making himself at home in his parents' house and finds this neighbor case, and that begins to, to move the plot forward. So, yes, so far I'm enjoying it. We'll see is it called it again? It's called The Living and the Dead. It's been a while, so I just wanted to come around. Sorry.
0: No, 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 no. It's fine. I just, I wanted to make sure that people yes. didn't forget by the end. They yeah. were like, oh, okay. that's a weird title. I don't know if I'm interested. Well, and not, then by the end, I'm interested. What not was it called particularly again? particularly
1: descriptive. I mean, that could be anything. That could literally be And anything. so it doesn't really give an idea. Although, in the context of the story, the fact that they're dealing with living people and possibly dead people, um, I guess it makes more sense, but... So, what would you have? What would you recommend?
0: I don't know. I started a bunch of stuff yesterday. I didn't mm-hmm. finish everything. Oh, you know what I'm going to recommend? I'm late to this. Um, so, y'all may already know this. But, on Netflix right now, mm-hmm. you can watch, I believe it's Taika Waititi's first film, called Hunt for the Wilder People*. Oh, okay. It is... <laughs> so we my roommate and i watched finding ohana yesterday mm-hmm. which is a new netflix movie that's basically the goonies in uh hawaii but today it's right. other than that it is the same uh it's it's very close to that story so if you liked that story that's mm-hmm. a fun little movie uh, it's not it's pretty long it's over 2 hours long wow. but um after that i was like I didn't want to go back to what I had been watching previously, so I was like, well, I feel like Hunt for the Wilder People, I've heard is really good, and I hadn't, um, seen it. So, I was, it's on Netflix, and I thought, oh, I'll watch it. It's a 2016 Taika Waititi movie, um, let me see... I going to open the Wikipedia page. It stars Sam Neill and Julian Dennison. Uh, Sam Neill does not look like Sam Neill in this movie. <laughs> he plays Uncle Hector, and Julian Dennison plays Rick, Ricky Baker, mm-hmm. and uh, he is uh, he is an a juvenile who has been released to the system, and he is uh, being fostered by Sam Neill and Sam Neill's wife. Uh, and uh, misadventures ensue. I don't want to give away too much because right. we didn't know what we. It's heavier than Finding Ohana for sure. Okay. It ends on a positive note. It's funny. It is a little bit scary. It is it's sort of it's it's what Taika Waititi does. It's dramatic with fun in it and mm-hmm. fun with drama. In okay. it. Like, uh, and it's really. I really enjoyed the watch of it. The kid, Julian Dennison, is extraordinarily charismatic. Mm-hmm. Like, he is super watchable. He's super likable. Uh, he is New Zealand of Maori descent. Or, he's from New Zealand of Maori descent. He's been in, you know, a number of things. He's in Deadpool 2. And he's going to be in Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's just like so winning.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> and uh Sam Neill is doing real good gruff, just mad. Blah, blah, blah. Uh so funny.
1: Sam Neill is an interesting and actor. he gets
0: to use his actual accent. That's <laughs> right. right. Which you almost never see cuz he I don't know if he's Australian or New Zealand.
1: He's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. So yeah,
0: there there he is using his actual um yeah, he's using his actual uh voice which you almost never get to see uh and they just get to be real new zealand in this it's I,
1: very good i like sam neill he um one of the uh reviewers along of uh, what he did uh he was doing a villain part i think in is it memoirs of an invisible man i maybe uh made yes he made the comparison to James Mason, which I think is a great one. Oh, interesting. Of playing this. He has the ability to play very intellectual and still kind of growly and and gruff at the same time. He can do this sort of wide range of characters. And he did a, a lot of stuff that I really liked. It's like every once in a while I'll be watching um, a film and there's, there's Sam Neill. Like, what, what is he doing in it? I saw him first playing uh, Riley, the Spy Master and Riley Ace of Spies, which was uh, based on a true story about the actual character who inspired uh, stories about him, inspired Ian Fleming to create James Bond. Uh-huh. Um, but then, yes, he, he's Dead Calm is a movie I really like that he's in. Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. He was in, of course, um, Jurassic Park. There's a really strange film where he plays an artist sirens. Uh, yeah, so every once in a while, um, or Event Horizon. Which was a oh, great yeah. horror movie. Yes, uh, but every once in a while he'll just sort of turn up and be going, "Oh yeah, I like Samuel."
0: Yeah, um, this I do want to clarify. This was not Taiko Atiti's first film. Okay, uh, he had done *Eagle vs Shark Boy* and *What We Do in the Shadows* before that. Uh, so *Eagle
1: vs Shark*,
0: he co-wrote mm-hmm. or co-directed and co-wrote um, *What We Do in the Shadows* with Jermaine Clement, but uh, directed and wrote that the first two. Um, so he, this wasn't his very first thing, but it might be the first that was widely known outside of, I feel like what we do in the shadows was very much a cult thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, he's very good. I should see Jojo Rabbit at some point, but I really need to parcel my Mm
1: -hmm. Nazi content. Mm -hmm.
0: So... You know, it's going to be I'm there, no and longer. I'll get to it when I get to we're it. Longer in office, so but there are listening. no Nazis in this. This Thank is, and, and it was, I really, really enjoyed it. So, Hunt for the Wilder People, it's on Netflix. Get you some.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. So, next week, we're going to watch episodes three and four. Right. Season two, Mr. Mercedes. Who knows what it will bring? Oh, who knows? It's a surprise. Uh, If you have questions, comments, concerns, until then, you can find us at latecomerspod on gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at LateCommercePod or on Facebook by searching LateCommerce Podcast in the search bar. Until then, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better better late than never.